0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today, I'm in sunny Miami, Florida, with a very special guest by the name of Jurgis Plakaitis. Jurgis, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch?
1: Absolutely, looks good.
0: All right, we're gonna have some fun now. Before I give you a proper introduction and we talk into a, a very cool brand that you've developed, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you,
1: Jurgis? Well, um, honestly, what people don't know is that I'm an avid traveler. I love to explore and to uh, just to have new experiences in my life. Uh, it's one of the things that really brings me joy. I love to travel uh, abroad and in, in the United States, I just want to explore everything that I possibly can.
0: You know, there's so many things to see in the world. And nowadays we go online and we can see things that we never even dreamt of existing. And the challenge I have is I see all these things and then I want to go see them all. And there's not enough time nor money to just fly everywhere and go see all this stuff. But uh, yeah, there's a, a massive world out there. And sometimes it's just in our backyard and we don't even know it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, there's so much to explore. Even in my backyard of uh, Miami, Florida, there's so many local things, neighboring states. I I truly just want to explore everything. I have a, a real passion for learning new things. I love to learn. It's my number one favorite hobby. And travel is a close second.
0: Well, cool. And you can certainly learn a lot when you travel. My wife and I got to go to India for the first time this past Christmas and New Year's. Our son got married there. Wow. Yeah, we were there for 18 days, got to meet this new extended family of ours and and see things and explore things in in a culture and a city. We're in Mumbai uh, that... I can't even really describe it. You have to just go there to to experience it. But it was quite wonderful, but the great thing I found and I have to ask you this too because you're on cars, Yeah. one of the things I say is it is cars, Yeah. but it really should be people, yeah, because it's all about the people. I've learned that nowhere and I've been able to travel all over the world a lot. Europe a lot, a little bit of Asia. I haven't been to South America yet. I'd love to go down there. Is that people are kind of all the same everywhere. They, they just want all the same things, despite the divisiveness that we see in world politics and on social media and the media and so forth. I think we're all kind of the same.
1: Would you agree? Uh, yes, I would. I think that we all share a certain commonality. There's more than one string that ties us all together. You know, on the surface, we're all very different, different faces, different people, different lives, very different, but underneath the surface, you know, on a more, uh, you could even say spiritual level, we're all the same.
0: Absolutely. I think that's the greatest thing. And I'll tell you, traveling to India, nicest people, uh, just awesome people everywhere we went. It was really, really nice. And even being out late at night in a massive city like that, whereas many cities, I would think, oh, I don't think I should be out at night. Never felt unsafe. Always had people willing to help us. Uh, really, really wonderful experience. So uh, travel is actually one of those things everybody should do at any time they have an opportunity. Never say no for an opportunity to travel, right?
1: Yeah, I uh, how does that saying go? Travel is the enemy of bigotry and uh a prejudice.
0: Yes, yeah, I agree. Yeah, once you learn about people, exactly, you realize, oh, they really just want the things that I want: safety, a family, uh, some food to eat, uh, a house to live in, and uh, a way to make a living and do something that I'm passionate about. And that's what we're going to talk about today, because you're a guy who is a serial entrepreneur who's very passionate about what he's doing. So let me give you an introduction. Jurgis Plakitis is the founder of Epic Ven, a leading provider. vehicle history reports based on their own blockchain technology. He's a seasoned expert in online U.S. vehicle auctions and a pioneer in the development of innovative vehicle data tools. With a track record of success as a serial entrepreneur, Jurgis has built multiple companies at the forefront of the automotive industry. His unparalleled experience and passion for revolutionizing the way people buy and sell vehicles have earned him the reputation as a thought leader and trusted advisor in the field. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors, so give them a little bit of love and we'll be right back. Stay buckled up. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around. I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866 aci Yeah, that's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love, like I did, with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So Jurgis, we are back. So I'd like for you, before we get into Epic Vin and what you're doing now, kind of walk us through a little bit of your history. Because as I said in your introduction, you've been involved in the car world for some time. You're an entrepreneur. You like to build and create things. So can you give us a little background before we dive into what you're doing today?
1: Um, sure. Uh, a little bit about myself. I was born in Lithuania. I came to the United States when I was young. I've always had a passion for building. I I see things like, <laughs> this may sound silly, I see things like Lego pieces. Uh, everything that I look at, uh, it's like I just imagine what I can build. And I've always been passionate about the automotive industry and about cars. I love cars. And so I saw an opportunity to, you know, I, I established a foothold in uh, in the space. One of the hats that I wear is the CEO of Epic Vin. But we also, I, I, I founded and scaled other companies in the um, auction space, shipping vehicles on a national and international level. We have, we have a lot of different um, operations going on. And so it actually began with shipping. Um, then we scaled to, to, we, we were shipping cars for the auctions. Then we started working with the auctions. Then we realized how how much opaqueness there is in the automotive industry. And that's, that was the founding idea for Epicvin. So we are on a mission to provide transparency to vehicles and to vehicle history and to the entire automotive space in general.
0: Well, it's it's necessary. And as we've seen things escalate, especially since uh, 2020 with the, the COVID Catastrophe. However, it opened a lot of worlds and doors, and now what used to be thought of as kind of odd way to buy cars is the norm. A la buying cars from people and places that you've never seen before, just based on pictures. But you know, you remember we have this thing called Carfax, but. Uh, I'm not so sure uh, and I even know from some of my vehicles that have incorrect car facts going how did this get on here I've had the car since new or I've had this car for 14 years I know the entire history and something isn't quite right so can you tell us what Epic Vin is what it does why it's so valuable and I've been able to play on your side a little bit so I've I've got a little bit of an experience but for people that maybe haven't heard of you yet uh, describe what it's all about.
1: Sure. EpicVin is all about providing transparency to the automotive space. And we do that in several different ways. So one of the things that we do is we provide vehicle history reports. Um, but on top of that, we also provide tools to automotive dealers. And we provide a car portal for end users to essentially you know, be able to find great deals on these vehicles. So on the reports front, there's a lot of depth in this space. In the sense of, you can piece together the history of a car, but the problem is all of that information is segmented, right? Uh, For example, automotive repair shops have repair history, but they're reluctant to give it up. Dealers have a piece of that history. Police departments have a piece of this data. OEMs have a piece of the data. There's government databases like Ananditas that have a piece of the data. There's banks that have a piece of the data. And so data is very segmented. A lot of the times what can happen is, um, like you mentioned, you know, the, the history can appear out of nowhere or something that could, you know, something could be misreported or there's a lot of funny business that can potentially happen with vehicle history reports. And we're on a mission to clear all that up. And so one of the plays that we have is using blockchain to provide transparency and to, t- to tie different information providers together by in- incentivizing them to provide that information to the chain. And so that is how we, we are every day, we continue to build the best vehicle history report. And well one of the ways that we help the report scale is, like I mentioned, we have tools for, for dealers. And we incentivize them with advertising spots. And besides advertising, we provide them with predictive tools so they can analyze market prices, inventory availability. Our tools analyze the duration of a vehicle from list to sale, and it suggests the best prices for cars. It um, helps dealers make informed decisions to maximize their uh, profitability. Going further for the end user, we also have a car portal where we provide a very user-friendly and intuitive way to browse through used cars. Like you mentioned, you know, since COVID and even before then, there's just been an overall trend to buying vehicles. Well, buying everything really, but buying vehicles especially online. And so EpicVIN is just an extension of uh uh you know my experience in the automotive space particularly with auctions too um because the entire process happens online so this we' I'm taking I, I took the knowledge from that I've gained from the options and I'm applying it to epicen as well
0: now do the material the aggregation that happens with material or information that goes in to your site about a car is it coming from all these different sources and and if so, how do you validate that or or make sure that it's accurate that's one of the things that I've heard about, uh, let's say, Carfax, is that if something's not right, it's very difficult to get it changed. And and there's nefarious people out there, too, who say, oh, I don't want you to know my car was in an accident, so I want to have that taken off. Well, It wasn't an accident. Now, you could describe if it was major or minor, you know, if a little bumper cover had to be replaced or if the whole front of the car had to be replaced. But how do you secure the information is as accurate as it could possibly be? Because that's the key when we go to buy a car, at least for most of us that are car people, or maybe I should say people that are real enthusiasts. Some people really don't care, which always makes me shake my head. But how do you secure that that information is accurate?
1: Well, we do that by getting information from various sources. Right. Uh, whenever possible, we automatically try to validate the data because we have multiple sources. So we pull information from Enveedis, and there's all different kinds of different data partnerships that we have with other companies and with other with other entities, essentially. And we do our best to validate the data, and that helps provide the additional transparency. We'll tell you how confident we are about you know a particular vehicle's history. So. What we're doing is ultimately giving you the tools to make the most informed decision that you can make with what is available. You know, I
0: I played a little game on your site and I ran a car I have. And one of the things that popped up that made me scratch my head was uh, it said two owners. And I went, well, I've owned this car since new. How could there have been two owners? And I was talking to my wife about it and she's way smarter than me. She said, well, my name's on the title too so there's two of us so they're pretty accurate (laughs) I'm like oh okay (laughs) there you go (laughs) yeah yeah kind of kind of an interesting thing and everything else at least on, on my car i found was accurate which was great and because i've owned my car since new i know everything about it and uh the only thing that was off a bit was the odometer but again that was because it was reporting the last time i had it in for service so i went oh Okay, and, and it was it was down to the mileage, actually, 65,150 miles. So, ah, very cool. So, uh, and, and I love this whole idea because, again, the idea of buying a vehicle and knowing what you're getting uh, is, is really important to many people, at least the people listening to this show.
1: Absolutely. And, um, you know, what you mentioned is the little piece about the odometer, right? So, we capture the information when it's reported, but there is... Right now, at least, there is no direct live link to cars, especially, you know, to the older vehicles. Right. However, it's very exciting to see the space change Because now cars, nowadays, cars are basically computers on wheels. Um, I heard, I I heard a statistic that, uh, what, what is it now? Like a modern car has more than a million lines of code. Oh, yeah. That's pretty crazy. It's nuts. So there's, there's, there's a lot of work going on with digital twins. And this is one of the reasons why Epicmin is utilizing blockchain technologies because we want to, Uh, We want to participate in that information exchange and we need to have a transparent and easily auditable system in order to facilitate that. And so it's very exciting to see this this stuff because very soon, like car, well nowadays you know, like Teslas and uh, modern cars can be updated online. And yeah. if they can be updated online, their information could all be also be uploaded online as well. Sure. So there's there is I, I see in the future, maybe not right now, but in the future, getting a vehicle's history will be like the most up to date, live. You know exactly what happened, when it happened, how it happened. Um, you know, history in the future.
0: Yeah, my uh, nephew worked for Tesla and many of the repairs they do, he said, are just over the phone, updating data, uh, uploading data, fixing things. Uh, it's pretty cool. Pretty pretty interesting times for living And I like to ask about what I call our driving inspirations, uh, perhaps a mentor or a person or an influential experience in your life that's really helped mold you. Is there somebody like that that you could share with us?
1: Yes, yeah. There definitely is. Uh, I will say it's my dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, My dad really shaped me as uh, as an entrepreneur. He was an entrepreneur before it was cool. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. He he he's worn many hats, and growing up, I've seen him wear many hats. You know, he was always a real hustler in the best sense of the word. Hustler. Mm -hmm. He really taught me everything that I that I knew that that I know now. You know, he taught me the importance, the huge importance of hard work. You know, especially when you're starting something new at first, that's the most difficult that that thing will ever be. Yes. And that was one of the most important lessons that I learned from him because it's always the hardest in the beginning. So if you could get past that first point, everything else is going to be easier. Yeah. And I found that to be exceedingly true in all of my adventures and birthed, uh, both in my, in my career and in my personal life. It's, it's always hardest in the beginning and, you know, things get easier over time. You get used to things. Your work works on you more than you work on it. <laughs> and eventually, you know, it just, it, that, I would say that was one of the most important things that my dad taught me. And also, you know, to stay curious, to keep an open mind, to not reject ideas outright, but to let everything have a voice. Even bad ideas, uh, can, can, can spark A good idea, Mm. you know. You know, like let's say you make a mistake, and you, you know, that could be the birth of something beautiful, like a a, a, an idea for a business that you know that you later scale.
0: well, that's where uh, donut holes came from. You know, is somebody was making donuts and went, "What am I do with all that leftover dough?" Hey, yeah, I've got an yeah. idea. We could we could but make. Hey, a I donut. got an idea. Well, it's a nice segue into my next question, and that's challenges. And I, I like to talk a bit about a huge challenge you faced. Now, you're a guy who you know learned from a, a, an entrepreneur, a father who who took all those chances. You've done that in your career. Is there one experience? that stands out for you that was really, really a challenge at the time, but looking back, you went, you know, yeah, that did spur something good, even if it was a life lesson to not do what I did again. Don't touch the flame. Is there something like that you could share with us? Oh, man. Um, (laughs) As these things do.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, there's it's just nonstop challenges. Yeah, pick one when you're doing it every day. You know, some more painful than others for sure. But kind of going back on what I said about things are always hardest and the most difficult in the beginning. The biggest challenge that I faced with Epicton was in the very beginning. You know, just getting started, getting your foot in the door with collecting data, and so it was difficult to form relationships in the beginning to acquire quality data because it's one of those challenges of scale like the bigger you are the more trust you, you know another entity will have in you to give you their data sure and so that was uh it was it was difficult it took a lot of hustle in the beginning to to form relationships and partnerships with uh, different data providers. It took time and effort to build relationships with dealers and with different, like, there, there, there was lots and lots of trips, lots of handshaking, and, you know, lots of time waste, um, but it was all for, you know, in the end, it, it all worked out.
0: Yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and a lot, yeah, a lot of people these days, of course, because of so many things happening, especially, let's say, in the scam world, is people are very reluctant to share anything. Rightfully so, in many ways, because you just don't quite know what is going to happen with this information. And we're dealing with a sensitive area here, too, because people... People are becoming more and more concerned about their privacy. And as we think about, well, wait, what are you what are you gleaning from me and my vehicle that might come back and bother me in the future or hurt me in the future or create a problem for me when I go to sell this vehicle or even when I'm going to buy a different vehicle. So, yeah, I would imagine the handshaking uh, went a long way. When, when you think about Epic Vin going forward, and we don't want to go too far in the future, but let's just say in the next two, three years, where do you see it going? Well,
1: I see us continuing to provide value to the automotive space. And we have some ideas and different ways that we can continue to grow and to evolve with, uh, with you know as vehicles evolve. I see the possibility of all information providers being tied together with some sort of a transparent technology like blockchain and incentivized with the native currency of that blockchain. And that includes OEMs and all dealers and all service stations. I think that there is some opportunity in having this communal effort to really provide as much transparency as possible to the automotive space. We've actually in attempting to reach this vision, we've tried many things—some successful, some not—and it's honestly a difficult question because I- I've heard I- I've heard this uh, this uh, saying that I-, I think it's very true. I think humans are very bad at predicting the future.
0: <laughs> no kidding, especially especially in the last three years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, and and um, maybe this is a little off topic, but with, for example, artificial intelligence. Oh, you know, man. people are. Everybody had theories. You know, you know. Oh, it's gonna take away low-paying jobs. But you know, as it turns out, it was right around the corner. It was so much sooner than people thought, and it's actually doing something different than what people thought. It's actually going to the high for the high-paying jobs, right? It's making some some areas of uh, um, medicine like radiology. It's uh, threatening those jobs, it's threatening uh, tax, like accountants and lawyers. And really, you know, I I think that I want to say I'm I'm trying to remain humble and in thinking that I don't really know what the future is going to look like. What I know is that we adapt no matter what happens. And so every day we run different, we, we have ideas and we run different experiments to try to keep up with these changes, I'll shed some light into a failed experiment, actually. So uh, what I was mentioning before is, you know how I mentioned there is no direct link to a vehicle, right? It'd be really cool if we could have some sort of a direct link to a vehicle to get data live as it's happening. And so we had this idea, well, why don't we uh, try to develop these dongles, that, like OBD dongles that you can plug into a car. And For the viewers, even for the listeners that don't know what it is, it's just you have a special port in your car. Typically, when you take your car to a service station, your mechanic plugs into that port to check what's wrong with the car. Well, you could also plug other things into that port, like a little transmitter. So we were thinking, you know, it, that would be a really cool idea. But unfortunately, that didn't really take off quite as, uh, as, as well as we hoped. But there's lots of other things that we're working on to, to continue to innovate and keep up with the ever-changing industry.
0: Absolutely. And I'll remind listeners too when you go to the website epicven.com, you'll also see there's some other areas like looking for cars. You can go search for cars. Uh, I've had kind of had a, a different car on my mind since selling a, a car I had last year. And uh, there's a nice uh, aggregation of vehicles not only around you, but across the the world i guess really uh you can go take a peek at and see what's available out there and uh there's some car research tools there's all sorts of different things on the website so i would encourage you to go and and check it out and play around a little bit you can plug your car in there and uh, see what pops up let's talk about you and cars because you've been in the car world so i'm assuming you're a bit of a car guy is there one special vehicle in your history that you could share a story about
1: i have a deep appreciation for cars especially fast cars. But the story that I'm going to share with you is actually about a very slow car. Okay, It's an RV. I remember one of my most special memories is with a vehicle actually was with an RV that I rented. Oh man, it was like 10 years ago. But it really left a massive impression on, on me and um, I, I'll never forget this. So we rented a, an RV, me and my family, and we drove it all over the United States. Wow. Again, you know, I I love I have a passion for for travel and that was just such a wonderful experience uh, because not only did we get to go and see so many new places and we really got a feel for what the United States is, you know, just driving through the countryside and driving along the coast and driving through mountains and driving through you know just plains. It was truly a a serene experience I had time to reflect and really gather myself and it was just yeah it was it was, it was beautiful It's <laughs> wonderful and it was yeah it was a bonding time for for myself and for and for the family yeah you know because in some areas there is no cell signal
0: right. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta actually so,
1: talk to each other yeah, you have to do that old-fashioned thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. You know, I'm so happy that you did that. I I follow a few different uh, YouTubers that put out shows each week that um, are quite different in, in many ways, and one of them is a young uh, woman. In fact, she's taking a little break right now, but she's become very popular, and she's originally from Poland, but she bought herself a... A uh, Range Rover and has been traveling the world by herself, which I think is very brave, especially for a young woman. And I mean, she's gone everywhere uh, Middle East, uh, Europe, uh, uh, South America, uh, all sorts of Asia. And one of the things she said that I, kind of surprised me because her experience coming from Mexico into the US and then up into Canada and Alaska. Her her experience uh, crossing the border was not so much fun, and she had some bad experiences. And so I thought, okay, if she's she, you know she's been all over the world, but she's gonna kind of bash the U.S. But when somebody asked her all the places you've been, if you could move anywhere because of the way you love to move around and travel, where would it be? And she goes, hundred percent United States. And somebody said, what? But but you had that problem at the border, and you know you had a few situations. She goes, this country has two wonderful things: massive space and freedom to move about it. And that's something that a lot of countries don't provide you with. So I'm so happy you got to do that. Yeah. Some of my favorite memories are from when we had an RV when I was a kid and we would travel, especially down into Baja, Mexico and across the country, do different things. Uh, A wonderful thing to do. Important thing to do, especially when your kids are young. Uh, I'm glad you got to have that experience in a slow vehicle. (laughs) That's kind of fun. Yeah, (laughs) Unique unique answer to that question. So I'm going to be a bit of a, well, actually I hold a degree in car psychology as I say, I kind of made it up, but don't tell anybody. If I was to crawl into your head and ask you a very unique question, if you were reincarnated, manifest as a vehicle, not the vehicle you love, though, it's your personality manifest into a vehicle, what would you be and why?
1: Oh, this one's easy. Okay. I would be oh, okay. a cheap Wrangler. <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> okay why is uh- that?
1: Uh, well, how I mentioned before, you know, I think of everything in terms of Lego blocks and like what I can build and versatility and adaptability. And I can't think of a more perfect car than a Jeep Wrangler. It's literally like a pick apart car. Yes. Oh, you don't, you don't, you don't want the roof, take off the roof doors. No, you could take off the doors. <laughs> yeah. oh, on water, you could, you could tra- tra- traverse the rivers. No problem. Just put a snorkel on it. You could yeah. submerge the whole car. Yeah. Um, it's, oh, you want to go overlanding? You want to go camping? Just put a tent on the roof. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> it's very versatile. You can take it anywhere. It's meant for adventure. You can handle any terrain. So I would definitely be reincarnated as a Jeep Wrangler.
0: Well, perfect answer for you as I've gotten to know you, Jurgis. And I think that's great. And one of the things that's fun about this, I've known many people that have these vehicles, is no two are the same. You can customize so many aspects of that vehicle and make it your own. You, you can make it very fancy and, and uh, or you can make it really rough. And whatever you do, it's going to provide you with some fun. So, yeah, they're, they're great fun for sure. So how about a great book that you could share with us? Is there one that you'd like to share?
1: Uh, this one would be a, a bit of a more of a challenging question because I don't have a book. <laughs> I have an entire suite of books. I, I would imagine uh, so, I'm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I. But you know what? Instead, instead of telling you a book, I'll tell you an author. Okay. Uh, Dan, Kenne- Dan Kennedy. Every single book this man wrote is just pure gold. He writes on the topic of marketing and psychology, and especially how that relates to sales, specifically. Uh, almost all of his books are about business in one, you know, some shape or another. Uh, he also has a, a book or actually several books on time management as well. So his his work has been very influential on in my life. I've taken lessons that I've learned from his work and applied it to my business as best as I could. And, um, yeah, I, I would highly recommend for anybody to to check out his work. He's still publishing uh, stuff on, on Amazon. You know, you could find all his books. It's excellent reading. Excellent, excellent reading.
0: Is he the one that did the, the No BS series?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's yeah. him. Same. Yes. No okay. Uh, I, all of it. I, I've, I have a whole collection of his books. I, I can't say a single bad thing about them.
0: I think one of the newer ones is titled uh, magnetic marketing,
1: magnetic marketing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know what? Actually, I haven't gotten to magnetic marketing, but I, I read, uh, all of his other stuff, especially for grassroots marketing. I even took his, uh, uh, uh the no BS guy to time management. Ah. Very interesting stuff. I, it, I've had an, uh, one of the, one of the things that I've had to learn as an entrepreneur is how to delegate, right? Uh, I always ask my questions, like whenever I have something that needs to be done, the first question is, do I have to do it? Well, actually, no, that's that's not true. Is does it need to be done? Ah. That's the first question. If it doesn't need to be done, I put it away. The second question is, do I need to do it? You know, and if I can delegate it, do I, do I trust that the person who I'm delegating it to can do a good enough job? And that's, that's one of the things that his book actually helped me with. It's, uh, with, with, with that delegation aspect, because I know that I can do it better, but that doesn't scale. Right. I can't, (laughs) I, I can do anything, but I can't do everything. Right. And that's, that's been a, a difficult thing for me to accept as an entrepreneur, because I do like to do things myself. Mm-hmm. I take a certain pride and pleasure in doing things myself. And so delegating is, I mean, I, I yes, I would delegate work, but it's this, this this work like his book actually helped me be, get better at it.
0: Yeah. Those, those were hard lessons for me to learn throughout my career. And when I, What I've learned from that now when you look at somebody, let's look at a powerhouse, let's pick somebody in the automotive sector too, Elon Musk. You say, how can that guy have five businesses? I, I mean, he has the same hours in the day I have. How come I can't get everything done and he gets all that done? Well, he's learned that secret. You have to delegate. Absolutely, ha- oh, absolutely, yeah. You cannot do it all yourself, and those who are super successful have figured that out. They hire the best they can afford. Uh, they tell them what they want to do, but then they let them do their jobs and they move forward. And that's how you scale. So uh, that was a hard lesson for me to learn as well. But uh, Dan Kennedy's series are are great to help all of you listeners out there that are struggling with that. And I've seen that with so many people, even friends of mine that build businesses. And then one of the biggest ones are would be somebody who's let's say into car restoration. They're really good at it, and they find open their own business but they can't get out of their own way to let people do the work because they forget that there's the business part of running a business as well and even if you don't like bookkeeping or if you don't like marketing or you don't know how to do those things hire really good people and just let them do it and focus on what you love to do but also what you're really good at so Yeah, great, great series by Dan Kennedy. Thanks for bringing him up. I kind of forgot about that, but he's been around for quite a while. He's loving. Yeah, he really is. (laughs) So the ultimate drive, I'm going to enable you to go on the ultimate drive. I'm going to buy you any vehicle in the world. You can take it anywhere you'd like, and you can take anybody with you, even somebody who's no longer with us, which opens up a world of opportunities for interesting co-pilots. What does the ultimate drive look like for you if money is no object?
1: Uh, that's easy, you know, as, as the CEO of Epicfin, I'm constantly thinking about the future and how to improve our services for our customers. And if I could go on an ultimate drive, I would want it to be with Elon Musk and, uh, one of his Tesla, Tesla Model S, the, the played version. Yeah. I, I mean, this man is really revolutionizing, not just one industry, but several industries. Uh, you know, he, I love how he thinks of his car company, actually not as a car company, Always talks about it as an energy company. Uh, so I, I just find his ideas to be, you know, say what you want about him, but he, is, he is, he's very brilliant and very inspirational as well. I think he has. I, I also don't know how he <laughs> how he manages his time. I guess yeah. he is a master delegator, uh, and and that's that's another thing that reminds me that I. You know, the uh, the importance of first finding really good people and then letting them do their job, just well, delegating everything to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate, but it's understandable. Some people are out, you know, don't like him for whatever reason. Maybe they think he has a certain political viewpoint or whatever it might be. But I'm just in awe of that guy. I just look at what he's built and the fact that many people would have sold, you know, a brand for the millions and go sit on a beach and uh, i'm done but he went nope i'm gonna throw it all back on the table and risk it and build even more and he, he just keeps going and going there's a drive there's a fire in a person like that that i don't see how you even if you don't like the person for some reason personality whatever it might be he gets stuff done and i just uh, yeah he's the same hours in the day i have and he's doing a lot more stuff so He's figured it out for sure. That would be a fun ride. So you've taken us on an interesting ride today, and I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us today and sharing what you're doing there at Epic Van. I think it's really, really cool. I want to do a quick shout-out to your colleague there, Alice Coleman, who put us together. Alice, doing a great job. Thank you very much. Before I let you go today, mm-hmm. though, Jurgis, could you share maybe some words of inspiration or wisdom with us?
1: Never stop learning. Yeah. Uh, th- that would be my, my parting wisdom. Never stop learning, never stop growing. Uh, no matter how old you get, it's incredibly important to keep an open mind and to constantly push yourself outside of your comfort zone. I am. Uh, it, it sucks, it's painful, it's uncomfortable, but it must be done in order to survive in this world that is continuing to change faster by the day.
0: You know, I was having lunch with a a very old dear friend of mine. Gosh, I've known the guy for over 40 years. And we were sitting going, 40 years? How could we have known each other that long? Are we really that old? And uh, he had recently retired. I was talking to him about what that was like because he's one of these guys that has just worked since he was a kid. And he said, You know, it's a little bit weird being able to go to Home Depot in the middle of the morning and, not have you know somebody call me and ask me work related stuff he goes oh i don't i don't have that anymore but one of the things he mentioned after he got through the initial first 6 months and kind of started to feel like where's my value you know he's run businesses he's worked in companies and then he said i realized that i can keep learning stuff and there's this thing called the internet where i can go and learn whatever i want and he said that's how he's rejuvenated himself post career if you will and made himself uh his life feel like it's worth getting up every morning there's something to do because there's something new to learn and things that he didn't have time to do before because he was raising a family and had a business and you know had a mortgage to pay and bills and all this stuff and now he's free and that was a little bit spooky but he mentioned that what you just shared never stop learning never stop growing even when you're old, and boy, today we've got a lot of that. How can people learn more
1: about Epic Ven? EpicVen.com. Easy. That would be the best place to learn. Yeah, easy, easy, easy. <laughs> I love easy. <laughs> That's also another thing that I learned. You have to make things easy. I think it's an Einstein quote: um, "Make things as dumb as possible, but no dumber." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, it, it just it, it kind of speaks to you really like when it comes to user experience to just anything that you're doing, you want to make things as easy for the other person as possible, whether you're building a relationship, you know, you don't want to put the burden of maintaining the relationship on them. You need to make it as easy as possible when it comes to, let's say scaling a business and you're looking to acquire new users. You have to make things as easy as possible for them. You know, always try to take it to that next step to, you know, even when internally too, like let's say you're the way your website works and like you're always, you want to make things as intuitive as possible so people have to learn as little as possible to you know effectively operate your website or you know whatever it is whatever whatever it may be
0: absolutely great way to put it well i really appreciate you spending time with me today and sharing what you're doing there at epic van love what you're doing i'm glad to learn more about you now the cars listeners can go check it out epic E P I C V I N dot com. check it out you can put your car in there see what see what you learn and uh if you're looking for a car there's an opportunity there as well until you and i talk again my friend i'll see you down the road. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Mark.
1: (laughs) I I appreciate the time and, you know, I thank you for what you're doing. I I love, uh, I love the podcast.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, It's really fun. I get to meet a lot of inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Makes my day.
1: If you're listening
0: to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe. That the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship. and Their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM of Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles, skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today.